0: Because it's time for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. Right now! Now. Right here! On Classic Kids 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM and 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics, Frickers, Warner Automotive, by Blanchard Valley Health System, Rotor rooter Big B Coffee, by Northwestern Water and Sewer, Wilson Tire, Grits, by MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, Campus PolyEye, by Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet, Ohio Automotive Supply, and by Seneca Millwork, Five Star Maintenance, and the ropey Corporation. Three, two, one, let's hear it. Now, let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports, Orthopedic Sports Huddle.
1: Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on both ESPN 1430 AM. 105.7 FM, WFOB and Classic Hits, 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris. Matt Common here with you. Thank you again for making us a part of your Wednesday night for this edition of the show. Matt, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, man. I mean, sun is shining, the grass is green. I'm alive. That's a big one for me when it comes over the last few weeks for the sports funnel. But no, I'm ecstatic, man. It's a great week of sports already. It's been phenomenal. We got a great conclusion to the week coming up. We might have more next week. It's that great unknown known as postseason basketball at the high school level. But, man, we've had some great games. We've had some brutal games. We've had everything in between. And I'm just doing good. I'm good. I'm alive. I'm well. Sun is shining. Grass is green, like I mentioned. And we got more... Br- basketball and a great show on deck tonight for everybody. So I'm doing pretty darn
1: good. On this edition of the show, we will talk with Steve Suter from Hopewell Loudon's girls basketball team. They're getting set to play in the regional semifinals later on tonight. They will be taking on Columbus Grove. We'll catch up with him in just a few minutes. We'll also talk with Mohawk head boys basketball coach, Paul Dunn coming off a win in the districts on Tuesday. They will play Hopewell Loudon for a district title on Friday, we'll also hear the Hopewell Loud inside of that with their head coach, Roger Jury coming off a win against Arlington on Tuesday. They will, in fact, play Mohawk in the district finals on Friday. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. So I can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carry window, dine-in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Daily specials, all dine-in only. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. And, Matt, of course, we'll uh, we'll talk, of course, with the uh, winning coaches from last night's uh, district semis games that we covered. But, oh, man, did we see some uh, – we saw some fun basketball last, last night. We saw
2: some very high-level basketball, and we saw some classic, classic basketball as well. Of that's getting – my goodness, those were some fun games.
1: And, of course, join us for our coverage over the next few days of high school postseason basketball as well. A little later on tonight, we'll have games on both of our stations. On WFOB, we'll have the Hope Allowed and Girls Basketball team in the regional semifinals when they take on Columbus Grove, Matt and Tom Grind have that one tonight on WFOB. And then on Classic Hits, we'll also have coverage of the Liberty Benton boys basketball team and their district semifinals matchup with Spencerville. I'll have that one for you later on tonight on Classic Hits 96.7. On Friday, we'll be back for a district finals matchup. We'll have Mohawk taking on Hopewell Loudon. You can join Matt and I for that one from Liberty Benton High School. That'll be Friday starting at 6 o'clock on both stations. And Saturday, we hope to have more coverage for you, but that all goes... Depends on how tonight goes for our local teams. If the Hopo girls win tonight, we'll have coverage of their regional finals game Saturday afternoon. They would take on either Toledo Christian or Crestview. Our coverage was started about around 1 o'clock on both stations on Saturday. And then if the Liberty-Benton boys win tonight, we will have coverage of their district finals game Saturday. Time is still to be determined. They would play either Ottawa-Glandorf or Bluffton. Matt and I would have that game for you, presumably Saturday night on Classic Hits 96.7. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Out and head girls basketball coach Steve Suter here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment
3: for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fastoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule,
4: and bam, done. College basketball freaking heats up this year like never before. Frickers brings back a fan favorite, frickin' street tacos that add to the drama that the tournament provides. Frickin' chicken tacos, charbroiled chicken tacos, and Mississippi barbecue tacos. Frickers also scores with a 48-ounce personal pitcher of ice-cold domestic draft beer for only 650 all the games. Frickin' street tacos, 650 personal pitchers, nowhere else but the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers.
1: Project Yellow Light and the Ad Council. And by the carrying employees of the Ropey Corporation.
4: Hi, this is Don from the Classic Hits Morning Show and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true?
3: That is true, Don. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi folks, this is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419 419- 447 for a free, no obligation inspection and quote today.
1: Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI Lance Morris Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. Tonight we'll have coverage of the Division 4 Girls Regional Semifinals from the Elida Fieldhouse. The Hopewell Loudon Chieftains taking on the Columbus Grove Bulldogs. If they win, they would be back in Elida to take on either Crestview or Toledo Christian for a regional title. You can hear Wednesday's game on WFOB around 8 o'clock clock And if they advance to Saturday, we will have it on both of our stations. We're not pleased to be joined by Hopewell and Head Girls Basketball Coach Steve Suter here in the Frickers Zoom Room. Coach, how are you doing?
6: Doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you again for uh, for taking the time to talk with us. For, for you, two games last week, so let's go back to that uh, first game uh, in the semis against Mohawk. What were some of the big things you saw from your team? Because Mohawk did kind of start uh, start hot, and you guys were able to come back, claw that claw your way back into that one. And second half was much different than the first half.
6: Oh yeah, tail of two halves. No, um, you know, early you you just got to kind of hang in there early. You know, the nerves, the jitters, the atmosphere, the adrenaline gets going, and you know, we we just came out a little bit flat. Um, you know, give credit to Mohawk; they jumped on us quick. But my girls just never quit fighting. You know, we we kind of on our way back a little bit, didn't make a whole lot of headway, but you know, at halftime, we walked into the locker room. I had talked to the assistant coaches and, and I felt at the end of the first quarter, I felt a little, a little uneasy, but at halftime, I felt pretty good about our, our situation. The fact that you know we were only down eight. We knew we hadn't played well. I thought we were starting to see things defensively where we needed to be and, and, and help out. I saw, I saw us, uh, creating a few more shots for ourselves and, you know, our message at halftime was one of just stay positive, just get, stick with the game plan, do what we're supposed to do. A long, long time to go, and we came out the second half, got on a great run, and and you know we're able to wrestle the lead away from them, and and then we were able to dictate what they did down the stretch.
2: And coach, in that game against Mohawk, in particular, I really think it speaks to your team as a well. whole, which, by the way, last several weeks has been really fun to watch. It's been very entertaining. You guys, you guys put on a good show each and every game. Very fun to watch and keep tabs on, but that Mohawk game in particular, I mean, that second half, can you just talk a little bit about some of those, maybe not full strategy adjustments because you still have games to play. don't want to give anything away, but just some of what those adjustments really were. Cause it really seemed like you guys jumped out big, even though the score doesn't necessarily reflect it in that second half.
6: Yeah. You know, um, Emily Klopp is just a, 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 a tough guard. Um, you know, being 6'3", being as athletic as she is, um, we just didn't get where we were supposed to get to help side. You know, we, we knew she was going to get her c- touches inside. We were going to come from uh, the backside to try to double down and, and make it tough on her. And we just didn't really get to where we, we needed to be, uh, whether we were a step away from where we were supposed to be. We were too worried about getting back to our man to, to close out. But we did that in the second half. We made it really tough on her. Uh, to score, and then, yeah, we wanted to make sure that when she kicked it out, you know, they're, they're a team that either she scores inside or they shoot the three, and we wanted to make sure that we got out and closed out on their shooters, and we did that in, in the second half, and we really limited their opportunities. We re- rebounded so much better in the second half, too, um, and it, you know, it's, again, you're you're dealing with 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids, and the, when the momentum started to swing to our side, you could just see the confidence in, in our girls just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and their girls start to panic a little bit, and you know, we did what we needed to do down the stretch and and pulled out a good victory. This is the NWO Orthopedics
1: Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common, talking with Hopewell Loudon Head Girls Basketball Coach Steve Suter. And then on Saturday, right back at it, taking on Macomb for the district title. And what, what were some of those big takeaways from that game against Macomb wasn't exactly the same script, of course, as Mohawk, but another game that, you know, both teams were kind of feeling each other out early on.
6: Yeah, you know, again, you know, the, not being on that stage before district final, the the crowd was awesome. Macomb crowd was great. Our crowd was great. Our athletic director um, bucked up and, and bought tickets for a lot of the students to come to the game. So that was great to be a, a part of that atmosphere. And, uh, you know, things, things just were different. Macomb's a little bit different team, uh, more of a slashing, get-to-the-basket type of a team with a couple of their guards um a a sort of a similar player with the d Hart girl and and clop we knew we were gonna have to play good defense on her but we felt that we could we didn't have to help as much on her and we we stayed up on shooters and and really did a great job of running them off the 3 point line i i was absolutely amazed at the end of the game i looked at the stat sheet to to find out that they didn't hit a single three the entire game so you know we, we did a great job of contesting shooters and didn't handle things very well down the stretch but you know Again, 16-, 17-year-old kids and the idea of winning a district championship and the nerves get to you a little bit, but we had we hit just enough free throws and, and made just enough baskets down the stretch to, to maintain that lead and, and again, pull out a, a great victory in a district championship.
2: And certainly an impressive performance keeping a team like Macomb relatively checked offensively. You mentioned the defense a little bit in that game, and one of the things that really stood out to me, a team that is very aggressive in their transition defense in Macomb, you guys kind of turned the script on them and you guys were really the aggressors on the transition defense what what was some of the thought process with that maybe kind of hitting them at one of their strengths type of situation
6: well you know my team is um we're at times a little it takes us a little while to figure out what we're going to be good at this particular game you know some games we start out man and then we switch to the zone and the zones better than the man some games we start out in the zone and man and man's better, you know, some game games where we start kind of slow and, and want to dictate half court offense. And then there's other games, you know, later in the game, we we get out and start running a little bit. and We seem to be a little bit better at doing that. So it's a matter kind of figuring out what what our strength is that game, you know, where where we have success and just kind of capitalizing on that and. You know, we we saw our opportunities. We had some great opportunities. You know, and I think that's been really the key to us the last you know six or seven games is defensive intensity and and really setting the tone for for what we do defensively and, and forcing turnovers and rebounding the basketball and getting out and and we've got good athletes on the on the perimeter. You know, Taryn Hampton can run, um, Sydney Brickner off the bench can run, Olivia Bishop can run. Um, Ashley Daniel is good with the basketball. Kylie Malagon pushes the ball up the floor. And even our post players uh, run the floor really well. You you look at a, somebody like Isabel Bidelchie, she can get out run. and run. And even Carly Kaufman, you know, you just think, you know, post players can't run the floor. She loves to run the floor and be our trailer and get that reversal pass and, and attack from the top of the floor. Or look at the three point shot. So I, I think that's one of our strengths. I think my team is very diverse in what we can do and what we need to do when it comes game-to-game game and, and in-game management and in-game adjustments.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Subtle from the Fricker Studios talking with Hopewell Loudon Head Girls Basketball Coach Steve Suter. Next opponent for your team will be Columbus Grove, a team that has been really good in their own right over the last two seasons, and their losses this season, all pretty much really good teams, Liberty Benton, OG, just to name a couple. What are some of the things that uh, you saw from them on film that uh, really stood out to you?
6: Uh, their defensive intensity. They get up and guard you. Uh, they remind me a lot of Lakota who we, you know, played twice during the regular season. Uh, they just uh, put so much pressure on the basketball. Uh, they, they work like crazy just to stay between their man and the basket. And they make it really tough for you to, to get to the rim and, and score. Um, they, they've got a good solid team. Uh, they've got a nice player in uh, Lauren Ocmudi. uh She's a baller. Uh, she just is so smart as a sophomore. It's just something you really don't see as a, uh, She's a sophomore, but, you know, she plays like a senior. She plays like a grizzled veteran on the floor. She knows exactly what they need at certain times. Uh, She makes them go on the offensive end, and just defensively, they're they're really good. They're a really solid team. Uh, You know, the way we've been playing defense and the way they're playing defense, we could just turn the clock off tonight and say first team to 20 wins, and it'd probably be about an hour and a half before one of us gets to 20. Well, I support it being an hour and a half broadcast, Coach,
2: because I thoroughly enjoy heading down to the line of field that's always a great venue to broadcast from but you do mention the sophomore from columbus grove and we got to talk about one of the sophomores that you have who's really come on at different points in olivia bishop one of those players off, off the bench sometimes in the starting lineup it seems like well what can you tell us about her development because she seems to be very much one of those up-and-comers in the area
6: yeah she she really is you know liv is uh um lives an athlete you know she she's a volleyball player she loves volleyball but uh you know just her athletic abilities on the court she she runs well she shoots it from three well she can drive it well um you know she's she's been a big reason for our uh improvement this year she's a she she just wants to score um we've got to kind of get her more focused on some defensive stuff and we'll do that here over the summer and in the next season but she likes it. she just those opportunities to score she's she's uh uh sort of, I don't want to say a nightmare matchup, but she's just so diverse in what she can do. If you play off her, she can shoot the three. If you play up on her, she can drive past you. She's really developed over the last four or five games as far as being able to see the whole floor and, and looking for open passes as teams kind of focus on trying to stop her. And, and back and forth with her, her and Carly Kaufman, they've kind of just, in the last seven, eight games, uh, traded back and forth. You know, one game, Liv will be our leading scorer, and the next game, Carly will be our leading scorer. And, and they, they supplement each other very well. You know, you, you look at... Uh, Carly the other night against uh, Mohawk, you know, ha- has 21 points, but, you know, live backs her up with having 12. So, and, and then the next game, they kind of flip flop back and forth. So um, her, her development has been key for us this year. Um, she fits in really well with, with uh, our guard rotation. I, I think we, we've got a solid guard rotation. I think we got a solid post rotation. I've told the girls, you know, since the beginning of the season, I don't know if we have the best eight, the best player on the floor, but, from numbers one through eight, we have one of the best teams in the area. You know, when we go to our sixth, seventh, and eighth person, we don't lose anything having to sub out our, our best players. And I think that's that's a big uh, advantage for us. We we don't lose stuff when, when we go to our bench. And our, our bench has been great. Liv's been coming off the bench the last seven or eight games. Um, she struggled a little bit in the middle of the season with her shooting, so we asked her to go to the bench and just relax a little bit. And that's actually a role that she's – She's really uh, you know, moved into you know when she subs in the game, you know, when you sub your leading scorer in the game after seven, six, seven minutes and the other team subbing out their best players, kind of got a situation where your best players playing against their second and third best players and and that kind of gives us an advantage. So we're we're gonna continue to do that. But but I love my team. I love my one through eights and, and my jv team comes in every day and works hard and gives us a great look and 'm I'm, I'm excited about uh, the opportunity to play in the region like you said Matt uh, Elite is a special place I don't think our girls understand that what, what kind of place it is because they've never been there before but uh, uh we're gonna have fun we've, we've had fun this week we've had some meals we've had some laughs uh, um you know we're loose and, and ready to go and and hopefully yeah, I'm back talking to you guys on on Friday about the, the game on Saturday. This is the NWO Orthopedics
1: Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios talking with Hope Allowed and Head Girls Basketball Coach Steve Suterin. Like you just alluded to, Elida Fieldhouse, kind of a league of its own, you know, just in terms of the atmosphere, just kind of has that feeling you can't exactly... Describe it. Just kind of feels like basketball once you're down there. You you mentioned that girls haven't been there. You know, in this in, in this iteration at least, the Michaela Elmore teams made it down there a few times. What do you think it means? You know, atmosphere wise, and then kind of as a program, just being able to get back to that regional stage. Uh,
6: it's just it, first of all, it's a great experience for the girls. You know, to to be this far, to be Sweet 16, to be one of the top 16 teams in the state. is just, um an honor in itself uh but then getting to go down to elida to play you know we're going to soak in the whole atmosphere i was telling my, my assistant coaches the other day you know this uh, this is uh this is where we want to be every year we want to be one of those teams like a columbus grove like a convoy crestview um, who you know if you don't make it to the regional it, it, it's kind of a disappointing season and, and hopefully this is the start of something good and the girls get a fun taste of of what the Elida Fieldhouse is like and the atmosphere down there, and they want more of it. And We come back and, and work over the summer and the fall and, and put ourselves in a position to get back there again next year. Uh, now,
2: Coach, I have heard discussions of things concerning a school-wide party bus, series of buses that will be going down. So, obviously, the Elida Fieldhouse, I mean, we Lance just hit the nail on the head, kind of in a league all its own, but also a league all its own in terms of noise and volume once you get down there and have it as a truly packed arena. So what's the message that you want to give to the fans out there going into this one as uh the the, the voices will be needed heavily in this game.
6: Yeah the voices are always needed. In our student section it, it, the turnout's been great. Um you know come down and have fun. You know that that's the biggest thing. The, the the spirit bus, yeah we have a spirit bus headed down there which our administration did a great job of organizing that that's a great opportunity for the students. They don't have to worry about driving down there. Uh, being the second game on a on a week, you know during the week um and driving back home the parents have a little bit more you know comfort in knowing that their kids are in, in good hands but just come down here and have fun soak it up enjoy it have fun right here with us you know yell scream cheer for us and um uh, you know let's 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 come back and and see if we can organize another party bus on Friday for a game on Saturday
1: this has been Hopewell Out and Hend Girls basketball coach Steve Suter. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck against Columbus Grove and hopefully be able to advance to play for a regional title over the weekend.
6: We'll hope so. Thanks a lot for having me, guys.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Mohawk head boys basketball coach Paul Dunn here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios.
3: Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner warner buick gmc can help you find the money you need for a car call 419-429-6157 that's 419-429-6157 or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com let warner help you get a car today for price selection and service warner won't be beat for over 100 years iron workers have been building america do you have what it takes to be an iron worker do you like to work with your hands Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The
6: ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right, the ones from Campus PolyEyes, the world-famous ones. Don't forget Campus PolyEyes for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best-kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house-made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus PolyEyes is easy. Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus PolyEyes offers dine-in, carry-out, or delivery.
4: What you waiting on?
1: Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. It's Morris Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. On Friday night, we'll have coverage of the district finals in Division 4, the Hopewell Loudon Chieftains taking on the Mohawk Warriors. Winner of that one will advance to take on either Ottoville or Crestview in the regional semis next week in Bowling Green. You can hear our coverage Friday at 6 o'clock on both of our stations. We're now pleased to be joined by Mohawk head boys basketball coach Paul Dunn here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing?
7: I'm good. You guys?
1: I'm good. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Very much appreciate it.
7: Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate the offer.
1: So for you two big games in the sectionals those big wins over North Baltimore Arcadia electing to play a sectional semis game rather than taking the bye. what kind of went into the decision and what did you see from your team in those uh, first two postseason games.
7: Well the the end of our season uh, we only had two games in 14 days and kind of knowing that going into the district draw we. We really wanted to get our guys back on the floor, no matter what the uh, the result was after the carry game. And I'm glad we did after after losing that game to carry, uh, getting our guys back on the floor was was a good thing, I think, rather than go through four or five days of practice and kind of have to sit there and wait and sit on and think about that game. Um, I just wanted to get our guys back out there and, and get, a, get that feeling of, uh, of a win again. And I thought our guys, you know, it could have easily taken that game lightly. I thought our guys didn't. I thought uh, in that game and moving into the, the sectional final game, I thought our kids really were focused on what they had to do and and uh, knew that it was uh, you know a business trip in that sense of, of going out there and competing hard and, and not taking anything lightly.
2: Coach, looking back at that carrot game in particular, I've, uh, I've never wanted to say that there's a proponent to a silver lining within a loss. But I got to imagine in your mind, it's, okay, we were going in pretty loose, pretty confident. Having that game against Kerry, it kind of changed the mindset for your team and made it more of a business, let's get the job done kind of mentality. Would you say that in one of those rare instances, a loss was actually beneficial at that particular time for your
5: team?
7: Yeah, you you always hear that. And of course, you know, when you you miss out on a chance to get a league title, you never want to hear that. But you're absolutely right. You know, we um, we had won, I think, 11 games in a row and um you know against some teams that we we had lost to before we played really well and it, I don't want to say it didn't feel easy but I think for our kids they might have thought it was and you know when you when you go into an environment at carry it's a rival and it's a packed house you know adversity hit us in the face and we did not handle it well and we talked about it after the game you know it's that's what turnip basketball is going to be about you're going to you're going to see adversity you're going to feel it and we have to respond better to it and um no better way than to have to go through the trenches and figure it out and um hopefully we will be better for it uh moving on to this this next game and and realizing that it's going to be a tough game no matter what and uh adversity is going to be there and hopefully we can respond better to it
1: this is the nwo orthopedics sports auto here from the fricker studios talking with the mohawk head boys basketball coach paul dunn and you of course got to see van lou in their win over calvert last week to get ready for them for the game last night what were some of the big things that kind of stood out to you getting the chance to see him in person
7: well you know, have, having a chance, you know, we played them back in December, and they were a different team, and I think we were too. You know, we had guys coming up back from injury, as as well as uh, you know, the, the stuff that just came back for them, and a um, totally different game. But we knew, watching Calvert play um, play against Van Nuys, that we wanted to make sure we sped them up, uh, speed them up as much as we can, um, with our full court pressure, and. Um, you know, we, I told our guys, you know, we're, we're not going to uh, fall off the trap of, of thinking that we can guard Jerome Clefford by ourselves. You know, we've, I think we've got some good defenders, but anytime that he came off of the ball screen, we were going to put two guys on him and commit to that and get the ball out of his hands as much as we possibly could and, and force the other guys on their team to make plays and make shots. And, you know, I thought uh, Bryce Hannemart, one of our senior leaders did a good job guarding him when he was isolated on him, but I thought the rest of the guys around him did a good job of of, of making a wall when he was driving to the basket and, and closing out with high hands and making making those shots he was shooting at least as difficult as possible because he's he's an elite scorer of the basketball. And, uh, but, you know, I thought our kids did a really good job of, of making it tough for him.
2: Yeah, I think the one that stands out to me the most is the fact that he only connected, I believe, two, three-pointers for the entirety of the game when that's one of his bread-and-butter moves that quick. One step, put the shot up right away, even with someone in his face. So, talking talk a little bit more defensively on that one, it really seemed like you guys, even though it was okay, we're going to keep bodies on Clutfer. You were able to shut down any of his secondary people as well, pretty effectively. Get, can, can you talk a little bit more about the strategy that went into that side of it, like taking on guys like Jr. Snook, who's just one of the most athletic players you see in the area?
7: Yeah, no, I, honestly, you, know, you, you guard, you guard Klepfer, and obviously you want to take away the three-point line and and you don't want to force him to drive the basket because he's a good finisher. Um, but then you flip the flip the script on Snook. You want to, you know, we want to close out maybe a, a hair a hair short on him and maybe invite him to shoot the jumper, knowing that we had to build a wall when he attacked the basket. And you know he attacked the basket strong. And we, you know, one of our short defenders, Payne Heyman, is to Fry on him to be physical with him and not give him easy access to the basket. And then, you know, the other shooter on the outside for him was uh, was a TJ Rickle and, we knew for him, we wanted to run him off the line because his his best attribute is catching the ball and getting his feet set, and he's a great uh, spot-up shooter, so taking taking him out of his comfort zone and the other guys around him have, have a good touch around the basket as well, but we just wanted to, if we couldn't get a, get a hand up on him, we wanted to speed him up at least, you know, make them feel our pressure if we were closing out late on him. I thought our guys that were the help defenders, uh, for the most part, off of Clepfer and Snook did a really good job of being able to be in good help position, but then able to get back and try to influence the, the the shot of some of those guys that caught the ball.
1: Talking with Mohawk Head Boys basketball coach Paul Dunn here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers studios and you guys of course were able to get the game get up big fairly quickly you even got the game into a running clock in that second half and it just seemed like every shot you guys took especially those threes in mean, route to a school record as well it just seemed like they were all gonna fall in.
7: Yeah yeah. it's when, when the game gets to that point you know with that with the state rule of you know the 35 points you know our you know, we, we wanted to get it to that point and then, you know, get our get our guys out and get them uh, get them on the bench. And, you know, when you're playing in a game like that, obviously the, the basket just seems like it keeps growing and growing and some of our guys were really relaxed and knocking their shots down. And, you know, one thing we've been really pushing our kids to do as the season's progressed is we've got three, four, really five shooters on the floor at any time. And when a guy's got a hot hand, we've got to find him. And I, I didn't think early in our season, we did a good enough job of, you know, AJ's on a heater or a boomer or any of our guys, of finding him uh, and getting the ball back into his hands that next possession. And there in the first half, I thought, we did a good job of finding A.J. He made what, two in a row there. And then in the second half, Hunter Haynes made a couple in a row. So when, when kids understand, you know, when a guy made one, that we got to get him a look the next time down or the, the time after that, it's it's important. And I thought our guys did a really good job of that. Because of that, you make 17 threes.
2: And speaking of three-pointers and some of the range that was on play, uh, the other night with your team question for you what what are games a horse like in your guys gym like is is it like the old Larry Bird Michael Jordan commercials I mean I I've never seen a team have the level of range beyond the arc at this stage that you guys did the other night
7: you know our kids take a lot of pride in it. you know every day we compete uh for the, for the we call it the best in the gym uh, we do a, we do one or two different shooting drills and uh, whoever can make the most out of that drill is the best in the gym and they take that trophy home for the day and put it in their locker and it's kind of their their sense of pride uh, going to the next day so we we make it important to kids and you know having been an alum from Mohawk our, our big thing at Mohawk when I was playing is we struggled to shoot uh, being a, a usually a football dominant school we didn't have as many shooters and we would always start shooting well usually by January February after we've had a lot of shots in and so when I came back here and took over, our my big emphasis was we're gonna shoot early and we're gonna shoot and we're gonna get those shots really going in, in December and January and and really hopefully see it uh carry us at times uh, late in the season. And I'm glad to see our, our kids take a lot of pride in it. You know, it's it's a skill set and our kids put time in outside of practice to to be really good at it. And I'm really proud that the kids are able to show that off.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios talking with Mohawk Head Boys basketball coach Paul Dunn and looking ahead to the district finals matchup against Hopewell. You guys, like Van Lue, also played them earlier in the season, but again was very early on in the season. What stood out uh, watching that game uh, last night against Arlington?
7: Well, I, I tell you what, both teams are, are were, were elite defending teams, you know, and outside the first you know five minutes, I don't think Arlington had anything easy uh, the rest of the game against, against Hopewell. They've got you know, three guards on the outside that are physical, strong, have good hands. And then you've got two bigs on the inside with Elmore and Creese that are able to influence shots and, and get rebounds. And then you bring a guy like Will Nutter off the bench who's just a, you know, a junkyard dog for him. He's going to be, uh do it all for him defensively and, and be physical. So it's going to be a defensive battle. I think whoever can in, impose their will defensively the most is going to have a better chance. And, you know, our guys have got to be strong with the ball. We can't be loose with it. you got to be strong at ripping the ball, attacking the basket, because they're physical, and they're going to get their hands on it. So if you're if you're, if you're careless with it, they're going to take it from you.
2: And, Coach, obviously with that one as well, you do get the uh, – I don't know if it's fun, but necessarily the privilege of being able to go against a coach like Roger Jury, who's kind of been establishment in the area for a long time now. What are some of the things that you saw in that game from a coaching perspective where it's like, okay, th- this is why this guy's been around for a while.
0: Yeah, no,
7: he, I mean, he's going to scout the heck out of us. He he knows what we do. You know, I mean, we play each other every year. Um, he knows our, our, uh, our strengths. He knows our weaknesses and he's going to look to exploit that. And and he knows at this point, you know, and they played 25 games. He knows his strength, his team's strength. Weaknesses, and he knows he's going to find, find a way to get the ball into Evan Grease's hands and, and uh, allow him to, to probe the defense and try to get isolation opportunities. And he's going to expect that the guys around him are going to find a way to get him the ball. And uh, and they're just going to play solid defense. That's been ever since Roger's been back. I think this is my seventh year here. I think it's eighth or ninth at Oklahoma. So we've been competing for a while. His kids always play hard on that on the defensive end and they're physical. They're strong. It's just an attribute to their to their uh, kids and the weight room that they have over there. So um, we're going to have to compete with that. And you know Rogers going to offensively. You know, he's going to have different sets to get his guys the best opportunities, the best looks they can. And whoever can, can execute in the half court is going to be the team that's going to have the best chance Friday night.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common, talking with Mohawk Head Boys Basketball Coach Paul Dunnan. What does it mean to for this to get back to this district final stage? Get yourself a chance to get back to that regional stage. You were there a handful of years ago, back in that 2018 season. What it, what would it mean to get back to that stage? You know, once again.
7: You know, I told the kids last night, this is only the second time in Milwaukee school history that, you know, teams made it to district finals. We've won, you know, quite a few sectional titles, but lost in district semis a lot. So uh, to get to this level again is, is a credit to our kids. And, you know, a lot of the the kids that were uh, our ball boys and around the program had brothers playing in the program uh, were on that 17, 18 team that made it to regional semis. And they got to see what that was like. They got to experience it. And, for them to get a chance now to, to be one game away from having that chance, I, I think they're I think they're hungry for it. They they saw their brothers take part of it. They got to be ball boys and um, I'm proud for them to take it to this point. And you know, at this point, anything can happen. Uh you know, whoever plays the best is gonna have us have the best chance to win. Whoever shows up and is the most confident in what they're doing and believes what they're doing is, is gonna be the, the winning formula is gonna be the team that gets out of there. So uh I hope our kids are are confident in what they're doing and it doesn't matter uh what you did tuesday night you got to show up tonight and tomorrow and have great practices and ready to go friday night against a really tough opponent
2: and coach obviously mohawk a team whose fan base travels very very well especially so come tournament time what's the message you have for the fan base um obviously liberty Bend, a big venue they were they were able to fill it up pretty nicely the the other night and made it pretty loud in there you expected more of the same from them friday night
7: absolutely no we've got a great community here uh you know, small school. Uh, this is this is what uh, basketball is all about at this time of the year. You know, getting the excitement for our kids. You know, they put a lot of work into in November and in, in front of some some empty gyms at practices and scrimmages to get to the point where now you're playing in front of packed houses on on in March basketball. That's that was our goal. You know, who who can make it to March? Make it to March. That's, that's special for anybody. And uh, I'm I'm glad our kids get that chance. And for our community, you know, they've been a great support ever since I've been back. You know. I, it makes you proud to to see those those fans in the stands that were that were cheering me on when I was in high school. It's it's just awesome to to get to experience that as a as a coach now and get to see our kids uh, really embrace the community they come from, a hardworking community, and seeing those people come out and support them. It's I'm I'm happy for the for our community and for our kids.
1: That's one I have for you coach you mentioned that this is the second time playing in a district final for the school that tells me that the 2018 season was the first time you guys made it to the district final had you ever had a game ending anywhere close to that buzzer beat you got from Caden Hammer in that night
7: no and that that is uh that, that's one you know we still you know when most coaches are 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 just hanging out we'll talk about that how how special that was and um, obviously not the way you draw it up to have your your best player throw up an air ball and then have your point guard there to, to put it back in for you. But a lot of times in those situations, it's not the first shot, it's the second shot that hurts you. So, uh, you know, Caden Hammer is a, a kid that lives in in uh, in fame around here for that shot and that that experience of, of sending us off and that that celebration. So uh, in some sense, I hope at some point in, in my career, we get to experience that again, because that was that's a special night that, that I'll never forget.
1: This has been Mohawk Head Boys basketball coach Paul Dunn. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck against Hope Ball on Friday. I
7: appreciate it. Thank you.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk the Hope Ball Loud inside of things with their head coach, Roger Jury, here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Great news, Fostoria.
4: The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open this watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water you can also use the watershed off of plaza drive both watersheds are open 24 7 every day of the year so grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you for more info go to nwwsd.org.
1: seneca millwork is now hiring They have third-shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17 an hour with a raise after 90 days based on your position. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork. Located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria, Seneca Millwork. Part of the Ropi Holding Company family.
4: Welcome back on into this
1: edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Lance Morris Matt Common here with you tonight on a Friday we'll have coverage of the district finals in division for the Hopewell Loudon Chieftains taking on the Mohawk Warriors the winner will play either Audeville or Crestview in the regional semifinals next week. In Bowling Green, you can hear our coverage Friday starting at 6 o'clock. We will be live on both stations. We're now pleased to be joined by Hopewell Loudon Head Boys basketball coach Roger Jury here in the Frickers Zoom Room. Coach, how are you doing?
5: Great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Very, very much appreciate uh, any chance we get to catch up with you.
5: I feel the same about you guys. It's great to be talking with you.
1: For you, let's uh, let's go back to last Friday in that uh, sectional finals matchup with McComb, and McComb's record might not have been all that great this season, but lots of good players on that team, definitely some solid athletes as well. Kind of what were the keys for you guys in uh, getting that fir- first uh, postseason win under your belt last Friday?
5: You're exactly right. They have some very athletic kids. Um, they actually cover all three positions pretty well. Um, they have some wings that can shoot a little bit, and in they're in their defensive kids. A pretty solid point guard has played for a couple of years and a really good big kid. So their record is a little deceiving. Um, of course, they're, they're, a, they're a powerhouse football school year in and year out. And, and we knew we had to be physical with them and take away easy shots early to not give them any any confidence. And uh, that was our primary item. When they get confidence during the year, they play very, very well. Like I said, they're, they're some talented athletes. And I thought we did a pretty good job. Of taking the guards out of the game and containing the big kid inside. Yeah, and coach, I, I think you so it took a little bit of my thunder
2: away there because so I was going to ask what was the what was the secret a little bit in that one to taking the guards out of that particular game as McComas I mean, make no secret about it. That their guards are very very talented this season, have been throughout the year. So kind of an impressive performance. Can, can you walk us through what a little bit of the game plan was in terms of keeping those guards in check?
5: Yeah, we really wanted to uh, try to frustrate them through their second and third options when they can just play and be athletes they are pretty good. So we tried to turn a lot of shoulders and we tried to get them to their second and third options, which a lot of times uh, high school teams don't have to go to. uh, And we thought that would really be key. If if they were just going to be able to be strong and drive it straight to the rim or, or get open shots, we thought they'd be a little bit tough if they got their initial entries to the post um it was tremendously quick very athletic um we thought that would be an issue also so we really tried to take away uh strong hands and try to get them to their second third options where they weren't as comfortable like you said they're a dangerous team uh, we we by no manner at all did, did we look past them at all when you look at them on paper actually most of those kids were back from the year before if you guys remember we played them in our first tournament game last year and essentially you know they lost they lost one kid from that team and um You know, there's several all league type kids there. There's several really good athletic kids. So we just thought that they're really good when they're able to do things in the first or second option. And we try to get them to the third or fourth option uh, to think about things and execute plays. And we thought at that point that we would be have a much better opportunity to, to get stops defensively.
1: This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios talking with Hopewell Loudon Head Boys basketball coach Roger Jury. And then, of course, you were able to watch uh, Arlington games uh, last Friday against Old Fort that, of course, went into overtime. Kind of, what were some of the big things that stood out to you from that one? Obviously, you guys had played Old Fort a handful of times, but I presume first time, at least maybe for you, seeing uh, Arlington in person?
5: I actually saw him once earlier in the year, but um yeah, it was very early in the year we we're scouting Riverdale as well, and I thought I'd check Arlington ahead of time, but had some film on through the year. If I ever get an extra chance, we try to look at it a little bit. But uh, you know, th- their biggest key was that they have they had two shooters, are knockdown shooters that primarily shoot out of the corner. Um, but we knew we had to be covered to them. They they have two really good guards. My coach Vermillion's kids are able to put it on the floor and drive it pretty well. So a lot of times when you help out of driving situations, it opens those corners, they do a great job of spacing. And then their post player is really underrated and he's a little bit short um, for a post player and doesn't jump very well. But as one of the last three tips I saw somehow, which I don't know how that happens. <laughs> and then he he also uses his body tremendously well. We call it throwing your hands. He usually gets to the free throw line. If you can't get a good look, he's gonna explode those arms up through if you don't stay straight up in the wall. So they, they also had all three positions covered, and Coach Vermillion does a great job. So we really wanted to take away any easy standing shots in the corner. Secondly, try to contain the two guards that were going to move around all night and have numerous screens contain them as well as we can. We also thought number five was a key to the game, the Russell kid. He's probably overall their their best overall player. He's not the best scorer That's Vermillion. He's not the best post player. Of course, that's the, the big inside. that He does a great job especially penetrating to his right, willing passer. He's a second-leading rebounder. He's a top assist guy. He can score points if he need, needed. Um, you know, We really were going to try to keep him from driving and orchestrating the offense from high post where it usually catches it. And then we we went under a lot of things on him uh, initially. And in then he hit two big three, because usually he doesn't shoot the three, I think he had maybe 12 attempts and you know, not, not a great percentage and buried those two threes early. So for a little bit, we actually had to had to change our change our game plan and get him not think about shoot and then we went back to our original plan but they also had a lot of kids to guard and they run multiple sets um, they're a lot like us if one set works they stay in it they stayed in their Arizona set after he had a couple threes and ran that for a primary part of the quarter but you know you really have to scout tendencies on 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 Arlington and uh, I'm sure when people play us you can't memorize all of our plays or all of our options so we, we were more um going with our tendencies and personnel reports and and where they're going other than the Russell kids surprising us early we knew it would be a good game and he surprised us with those couple threes but I think the other kids we, we pretty much were able to do um or, or they did what we expected them to do of course you don't stop them every time but we thought the kids bought in and did a good job with the game plan overall and and did stop those primary options of the corner three uh, the Vermilions coming off multiple screens and then the big kid, a lot of times, screening and rolling or, or just initially posting up at the block. I think we we're able to take most of the way. And like I said, Russell probably doesn't get enough credit. He's a really good player. And and when when we gave him the shot, I mean, to his credit, he took those two early threes and knocked him in. Yeah, I was going to say, coach, I mean, through the
2: entire game last night, I kept using the phrase chess match. It, it, it really. I, I I got to tip my hat to both you and Coach Favillion. It, it seemed like it was just a masterclass between two coaches of how to strategize, how to counter punch, how to go back and forth with each other. One of the ones that really stands out to me is you made sure that Essinger, the, the big man in the middle for Arlington, did not have a clean or easy look all night. Can you talk us through getting guys like Donovan Elmore on board with that and even getting an increase at different points? on board with that, because Essinger, he's definitely someone that can push people around the paint, and it just did not seem like he had that level of success last night. But.
5: No, and we really talked about trying to get him, um, bump him, that's a great point, because that was one of our points of emphasis, of, of trying to be a little physical, he runs, uh, after some of his high ball screens, he, he, he directly rolls like a lot of people do quite often, but he also runs that, it's almost like a shuffle cut, the guards run all the time with a little bit of a loop action and they back screen him on the back side, and he tries to come straight through the block. And we try to get him under the block to the baseline side. We didn't have as much room to move, but we tried to meet him and be real physical in the paint and get him outside the block. Once he gets outside the block, he has two NBA dribbles like backwards in the guys, and, and he's pretty good there. But then we had to wall him up. So our main focus was to be physical and, and get him off the block on his initial cut and then, and then understand that he's going to try, to try to use the two NBA power dribbles to the rim we want to be really physical just to make him pick it up a little bit early. Um, he also, and we talked before, like you guys see this also, you see him more than we do. We also, he's able to step outside, he can shoot a little bit. He had a really nice baseline jump on us early. So then we talked about we had to maintain contact and take a step out of him also. He had about 14-footer. We pushed him where we wanted to, but then we didn't put a hand up. And, you know, that, that was our fault. We talked about it all week. So we had to re-emphasize that, but, you know, we get him outside. I thought later then, then we did a really good job, with the one clean look he got, he knocked down, and we felt comfortable we could make him pick, his, pick the dribble up before he got to that two- or three-foot area, because once you get to the really deep, it's like the old Shaquille O'Neal stuff you talk about. If you're just strong and physical, I mean, you can literally jump through people, and the offense usually gets a call down there, so we did everything we could to try to keep him from getting inside that four- or five-foot area where he could just throw his arms and get strong and get through people, and I found it. even our guards had to help on that bump sometimes to, to push him the extra step out. So if you, if you notice that too, Barrier Martinez, a lot of times, even though Donovan was swinging through with him, time swinging through, they, they had some pretty good bumps in the middle of the paint also um, to get him off his trajectory to get to, straight to the block.
1: And not only that, we saw you know we mentioned some of those guys that were uh, matched up with uh, Ryler Essinger for Arlington, but it was even it was at least to me it was also fun to see uh, him and uh, Will Nutter go back and forth. You know Nutter, a sophomore that's got a lot of playing time for you, but kind of both of those guys on the football field were linemen of the year for their conference on both sides of the ball, and you could you could see the football side of things you know start to creep in there when they were matched up uh, last night as well.
5: No, and I'm sure Riley loves those challenges, too, and that's one of the few things we usually don't do. You know, in my earlier days, maybe now I was trying to motivate myself, but we don't try to do a lot of the extra motivational stuff, but um, mm-hmm. Will's, Will's a really tough and physical kid, he just loves to play, he does a tremendous job with his body, which, of course, is one of the reasons he's so good in football, but uh, we made sure that Will was aware. He wasn't aware that, that Essinger, of course, had a great football season also and was was lineman of the year on both sides. and. For a while, they really went at each other for a little bit and neutralized each other. And, um, you know, Will may even be uh, as good of a football kid as he is. I've always said that last several you see natural instincts in him that he's a really good post player. He seals for us. He understands space. He understands backing out and letting kids penetrate and catch an easy one out of the short corner. And, and he got himself in position both offensively and defensively. And what was a huge key for us, I don't think, you know, I was looking at the minutes, but we were talking on the way home. I don't think he played quite as much in the second half just because we were playing so well, but had a huge stretch when Donovan got his second foul. I think he played the majority of the second quarter, and, and you know, everybody thinks Donovan is scoring all the points or or whatever, but he was really dominant in his six and a half minutes. I thought he did a, did a fantastic job against Essinger, too. Um, gives up a little height. Um, of course, Essinger's not as big as Donovan or Evan to start with, but just did a wonderful job with his body and then presented himself offensively. Um, you know, they play a little differently than they played in the past on offense, we tried to try to take advantage of. Um and Coach Vermillion does a great job, which is another tactic, as you said, why his team's so successful this year. If you notice know, a lot of their kids don't play traditional help defense, I think it's because overall they're shorter for the first time in a long time than other teams and, and they were within a step or two the guy even on the backside. so we really talked to about getting the paint on straight line drives and then when they helped out you know they did that one extra step to help to come get the ball was going to present our, our big kids some nice opportunities in the short corner and will probably did that as well as anybody last night to, to keep himself in that little distance spot that if our guards did go straight line and the post player had to help an extra step that he gave himself an opportunity for for a couple easy ones. Yeah, I, I gotta echo that statement.
2: Essinger versus uh, Will Nutter. I, for some reason, I kept hearing like music from Clash of the Titans or something like that going in the background. I was expecting Steve Sable to come in and start narrating NFL film style between the two of them. But, um, but and, and aside from that, one of the other things that really stood out to me in, in the game last night, Coach, was the, the fact that you guys were competitive, that you were doing all this stuff. And you ran a pretty short bench last night for the game. I last I last chance I was able to actually get a look at, I believe Agaboli came in for about um two minutes towards the end of the first half. And then obviously you mentioned Will Nutter substituting and rotating in that moment as well. But out, outside of that, running a pretty tight bench. Can can you talk us through like endurance-wise, like it seems like the team's really at peak levels right now because they were able to make some good plays late in the game even with
5: the shorter bench last right? Yeah, they really were. First of all, they're, they're really tough kids, but all of our kids are tough kids. One of the reasons our kids are so tough and they can play those minutes is because of all the guys we even sit on our bench it, bring it every day in practice and make our guys better. Um, you know, We got some guys where we, some games have gone as deep as eight or nine in the first half. I think it's McComb we probably did. Um, you know, you know, The first thing that changed it probably a little bit was just Donovan's two fouls. And it, it changes stuff a little bit for us. As you know, Evan can play inside, outside. Even Donovan can play inside or outside a little bit. Will doesn't play inside or outside quite as much. Um, you know, when you're playing, you know, better and better teams, that as you go through the playoffs or even in the regular season, sometimes your bench will get shortened a little bit. You hear that in college all the time. But I think it was more of just uh, how well they were playing throughout the game last night. Um, you know, we you come back on Thursday night and have the same or Friday night and have the same eight or nine guys that usually play in the game. But um, of course we monitor their level of play. Another goal of ours was all um, the coach for millions kids and especially his boys. I mean, there were a couple playing, you know, you guys all hard old four plays and they get on the floor. And there were a couple wars for loose balls at the end of that game when they played each other. And we talked about that was one of the level, levels of checking your, you know, either a tiredness or B just mental tiredness that you can do or don't want to get on the floor. And, I, I, we ripped a couple of possible jump balls away. Um, if anything, the, the, the loose balls were at least 50-50. But I think we probably maybe even came out on top, which we played a team like an Arlington and Fort. And if you can come up with some of those loose balls, that tells you a lot, too, about their about their mental focus and physical focus. And, you know, just, just the way the game presented itself. You're right. We only played um, seven. And then in the second half, it was really pretty much five. Um
1: because of the way it worked out This is the nwo orthopedics sports auto from the fricker studios classic it's 96 7 wbvi espn 1430 am 105.7 fm wfb lance morris and matt common here talking with hope all out and head boys basketball coach roger jury and you guys of course uh, played mohawk earlier this year got to watch them uh in that matchup with van lue before your game it though had been a while since you had played them because that was all the way back first week of december when you did in fact uh play Mohawk I imagine just seeing how well they shot last night was a big thing that uh, stood out to you from what you got to see yesterday
5: yeah this is this is the second or third team in a row this has really great shooters capable shooters so of course we have to take that away um, on the perimeter but you know that they didn't go inside quite as much last night but they're capable of going inside as well um, you know the Hannum kids a lot like the Russell kid uh for Arlington, like he can do a lot of things doesn't get a lot of credit um can play inside or outside It's a pretty physical kid of course has last night shot tremendously from the three-point line um, but he's also able to post up and, and get inside the attack a little bit and you know we, we want to make sure that if, if we're doing a good job if if they shoot 35 threes on friday night that means most of them are going in so that's probably not a good deal so um, we want to make sure that we take threes away and of course that's gonna force them to try to put the ball on the floor and score inside a little bit. And those are technically higher percentage shots. So our defense has got to be ready to go and get them off the block and push people through and 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 those types of things. Um because they're multifaceted. I mean, last night they shot extremely well. Talked to Coach Clefford for just a couple minutes after the game last night. And you know, no matter how good you are, it'd be pretty hard to shoot that well again um, from the three-point line. But but they're they're more than just that. You know, people follow us or follow Van or whoever saw him play that night, they're capable of doing it. more than that. They got a very nice team.
2: And Coach, one more from last night's game for me. Uh, one one play in particular stands out as what could have been the potential highlight of the year that almost happened. End of the third quarter, Donovan Elmore nearly gets the put back slam at the yes. bus. Just a general yeah. observation. How quickly would the roof have gone off of the arena at Liberty Benton had he been able to put that one down? And are you guys going to give him a hard time about it in film?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. We were give him a hard time. So, um, no, Donovan is becoming so much more aggressive. He's becoming a presence for us. Um, you know, every kid can, of course, always do things, you know, better or whatever, but uh, he's really very active and he wants to make those plays. And I uh, couldn't be more proud of him for how much he's improved. Uh, you're right. I mean, he's, he's had, well, he had another dunk in the game, but he's had some. of you get that put-in dunk at the buzzer at the end of the game, um, but that would probably give you um, definitely even more emotion and even more. But I think just the fact that that he even attempted, I mean, it wasn't really a good look for a layup or anything anyway. The, the fact that he had the mentality and the attitude to attack it um, and try to put that thing in at the end of the game, we'll take that anytime.
1: And atmosphere-wise, things were great at Liberty Benton yesterday, and Liberty Benton always a great venue, especially when you are uh, able to get a packed house. And I think uh, think we're going to see even more of that uh, come Friday night once you guys uh, take on Mohawk.
5: I'll be. Fine. I'm always happy for the kids to be able to enjoy. It. I tell them enjoy it. Um, you know, when they're watching the game before, which we won't have one this time. Uh, and then as soon as the tip goes up at 32 minutes, you're locked in. But you know, those are special times, and in, in their life, it all goes really, really fast. Um, throughout a tournament or whatever, but we do tell them to try to enjoy it and be thankful for all the great people we have. Be thankful for the parents and thankful for the fans and thankful for meeting you guys like you guys that we truly appreciate. um You know, because it, you know, every year we talk to seniors in the locker room and everybody thinks, you know, as we get older, people tell you time flies. And now, you know, I truly believe that. But, you know, the easiest kids on a team to see that happens are your seniors. Um, It just seems like you play one day and the next day at some point only one team in the state of Ohio is going to, four teams in the state of Ohio are going to win their last game. Hopefully they enjoy it and and take it stride by stride and, um, you know, be thankful for the things that that happen in life that don't happen to everybody else.
2: And and Coach, last one I have for you, more of a humble request really. Um, After the incredible performance back and forth, Coaching wise, strategy wise, that I I I could go on about it. it. It was really just a sight to see. Um, the next time that you and Coach Vermillion are just chit-chatting on the sideline before a yeah. game and just seem to be having like a good back and forth. Hit the record button on your phone, please. I'd like to take a crash course in basketball that I think everyone could benefit from in that moment. Cause just I I, I do want to. The joke all you joke aside I, I am fascinated by that it's when you're going against another coach that has a similar pedigree as you has a similar background and experience and time out there even after games like you guys put outside do, do you guys still talk and be like okay so now that that game's done what can you tell us about mohawk or what did you see from this team like is there any exchange of info or ideas that goes back and forth or is it just those brief
5: moments during pregame that you really see that. Um, but there's a little bit of each. I'll probably talk to Jason um sometime today or whatever, and he's always more than willing. Of course we did that a lot more when we were in the BBC together. I saw Steve Willman, not that Steve was still coaching when I was there. And I saw Coach Gherkin who was coaching when I was there and that, that's a great and, and Nick the other night at McComb. Those are great John. at, at Vanbury, Those are all a bunch of great guys and um there are a few of the Few of the older guys now, uh, Coach Weaver, the radio, of course, used to be Mohawks football coach for a long time, was also an English teacher like I am. You know, he's he's a he actually coached against me, another older guy, but um, you know, those guys all do a great job communicating anytime you need anything, if you call them, they'll do that. Um, you know, Jason was in the uh, OHSBCA um, officer stuff, and I'm finishing my last year as president, whatever and he, he, he finished his year last year. Before the game, we were talking about people that do or don't fill out their appropriate paperwork and all that kind of stuff. I guess things old guys sit around and talk about, and we were laughing about that. But I always like to catch up, and um, he does. He does a great job, and um, you know, basketball means a lot to them. You can tell that my boys were both back last night. Of course, Defiance's season is done, and his oldest is sitting on the bench with him now. Um, you know, helping them coach down there and coaching his kids. So there's a lot of kids. He's a, he's a great guy. You know a lot of characteristics and we really had a great time before the game just talked a little bit about basketball but more or less talking about some of our other professional responsibilities we have and I, I true truly appreciate the time you get spent with those guys um that you've known for a long time and do a great job and I just want to say it again what a great job you guys I mean they're hard to get ready for that they run so many sets and stuff and um like you said he's counterpunching all the time and it actually makes it it actually makes it fun um you know I'm sure he feels you know we we'll gonna lose a game i'm sure it feels the same way today if you if you win or lose when you in a game like that you just feel blessed to have the opportunity to, to, to know that you you have to work for what you do both teams work both teams did a great job either team had a chance to win and uh you know they're, they're going to be really good again next year too they got a lot of guys back also so um, i'll see jason probably for at least a few more years in a coaching capacity
1: and last one I got for you. Also interesting enough, uh, you both, uh, both the boys and the girls teams at Hopewell still alive. They'll play uh, tonight in a regional game. You'll be able to hear that on uh, WFOB tonight. And uh, the girls team, of course, they they had some runs, you know, with Michaela Elmore and company a few seasons ago. But uh, now you have a uh, coach uh, Steve Suter, who of course spent time uh, on your staff uh, prior to taking that job. How great is it to see, you know, the bo- both boys and girls basketball teams thriving, thriving, and uh, of course, to uh, seeing Coach Suter uh, at the helm of the program after spending some time with you as well?
5: Oh, I'm very, very excited for Steve. He's done a great job this year. The girls have done a really good job. Um, you know, especially like you said, they've, they've had some success in the past. They've been a little bit of a different way. You know, two or three pretty good players on there. Um, but there there's not that one individual talent like you know, Michaela and, and of course uh, even Olivia Zendra I mean, you got two kids out playing in college right now that that do a great job plus all the other ones they have and it, this team really works hard and, and does things right as often as they can. They got a big game tonight. Uh, most of our kids are – most of our boys' players will We'll get out here just a little bit early. Most of them are going to be riding the spirit bus to the game, and um, we wish the girls and Steve the, the very best, and he's done a great job already. So very proud of them. Of course, seeing him at school every day, and you talk to him all the time. So I'm excited for all the success they've had.
1: This has been Hopewell Loudon Head Boys Basketball Coach Roger Dury. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against Mohawk and hopefully can bring home a district title.
5: That'd be wonderful, guys. I just want to thank you guys again. I truly appreciate everything you guys do.
1: With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some NBA here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from
4: the Fricker Studios. College basketball freaking heats up this year like never before. Frickers brings back a fan favorite, frickin' street tacos that add to the drama that the tournament provides. Frickin' chicken tacos, char-broiled chicken tacos, and Mississippi barbecue tacos. Frickers also scores with a 48-ounce personal pitcher of ice-cold domestic draft beer for only 650 all the games. Frickin' street tacos, 650 personal pitchers, nowhere else but the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for
3: your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fastoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations, Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all
0: your tire needs. Grit, the word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner, and I am the owner of Grit. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at Grit encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health for yourself, your family, and your future. Grit is located behind Ace Hardware and Body Works 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, dot training at gmail.com.
1: Back. We are here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM. WFOB and Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morse, Matt common here with you this Wednesday night. Big thanks to Steve Suter and Roger Drury from Hopewell Loudon, along with Paul Dunn from Mohawk for joining us on the show tonight. If you missed... Any part of our show today or just want to hear it again, head over to WFB.com. Click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons as well. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in a family, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can Pick up from the carryout window, dine in, get delivery through DoorDash. Daily specials are all dine in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, let's uh, let's talk some NBA because a good amount has actually changed over, over the last week. And namely, LeBron James uh, currently injured. He was in a walking boot on his right foot. They plan to reevaluate him in a couple weeks. But, I mean, if you're the Lakers, you're already struggling in terms of postseason possible positioning. Any chance of them making it could be killed, depending on how LeBron is feeling over the next few weeks.
2: The only chance of them making it depends on how LeBron suffers. There's, it's not a matter of what level of chance, it's any chance at this point. And frankly, if I'm LeBron, there's a team on the tepid shores of Lake Erie that's looking mighty good, and all they're missing is a solid, crafty, Defensive-minded, gr- talented, offensive-scoring, veteran three to come in and really bring this thing home. I'm just saying, maybe it's time to come home again. LA was fun. It's time to come home again. One more. one, one Run it back one more time with Cleveland.
1: When will you people let him go? Never. He... Did so much for you just the first time around not even not even the second time just the first time then he says you know what i will come back to cleveland i'm gonna bring you home that title i promised you and that's what he did and then he le- and then he left again and now it's still oh lebron come back we miss you come on okay
2: like Am I supposed to feel bad that I want the best, one of the best players in the history of the NBA, back on the Cavaliers roster again? Like, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what hill you're choosing to die on right now, on this matter. But you mean to tell me that you wouldn't want your Orlando Magic to have LeBron James right now?
1: You had how many years of LeBron?
2: We had 11. I want 12 or 13. That is so. Oh my!
1: Like, that's.
2: Why would you not? I mean, they got Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. You might have to LeBron James on that starting five as well.
1: Like, can't you just let him go? Look, the
2: answer is no. Clearly. And you're going to have to be okay with that.
1: Like, it's like, it's every time there's some rumor of, oh, LeBron may be looking to come back to Cleveland again. Oh, this is happening. Because oh, he wants to play with Bronny. Alluded,
2: he's even alluded to the fact that he would come back to Cleveland again.
1: It's just like, let, it, let him go, people. Just let him go. Just because you're salty because
2: he would never choose the Orlando Magic. It's not that he even chose Cleveland. He was born in Akron. Which is the largest suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. I agree. So it's not that he chose anything. It's where he was born. You know what? That's not important.
1: It's very important. It important. it It is exactly the matter of fact important. It is not important at all. Just is it's literally one of the biggest facts in regards to why you'd want LeBron LeBron, why anything you want LeBron around. That's where he was born. He felt the need to stay close to home. It helped that he then got drafted by the Cavs. If it, if he doesn't get drafted by the Cavs initially, no Cavs fan thinks like this.
2: Let's see. All of those one-ifs that you were just talking about didn't happen. Which, by the way, there is a lovely what-if episode about LeBron James that I did cover, had he not been picked by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So there is that. You should definitely tune in and check that out on the podcast page at WFOB.com. Shameless plug. Thank you very much. Yeah,
1: back when you uh, actually did the what-ifs.
2: Hey, I did some. I'll get to
1: others. We'll get to off-season again. <laughs> you said that last season. Ten games in three days, Lance. <laughs> That's irrelevant to the discussion. Not important.
2: Point is. All of those one-ifs didn't happen. LeBron James did start his career in Cleveland, came back, won the title, left with grace and dignity, unlike the first time he left. So there is no animosity to have him come back or no, like, oh, my God, let's trade the farm to get him back. It's just, no. You know what? If he decides to leave the Lakers, it would be nice if he comes back. It would be cool to see him return. It would also be cool to see cleveland continue the legacy and also maybe draft Bronny james they'd have to trade some things to make that happen because they don't have any picks but it's just one of those things that'd be cool I, I, i'm not saying it needs to happen i think the Cavs are in a perfectly good position without lebron james but by same token that, that i wouldn't say no to him coming back again that'd be kind of silly for any fan base to say no we don't want lebron james we're good thanks
1: See now, the way it was worded at that time was a lot more rational sounding.
2: Well, again, it's on the tepid shores of Lake Erie. There's a there's a team that would be happy to have him back.
1: I didn't know there was a team in Buffalo,
2: sir. We're gonna fight. <laughs> we're gonna throw down. I want you to know this in advance.
1: Are you sure? Are you sure he didn't mean Lake Michigan and he was going to go to the Bulls?
2: Okay, you know what? On a side <laughs> note, before, before I violently assault you verbally, there is something that would be kind of poetic about him joining the Bulls, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Like, he went and took over Kobe and Magic's team with the Lakers, and then he went to Jordan's team with the Bulls. He calls us, There's something to be said about that would be kind of cool as well. Mostly because he would just have spent his entire career then avoiding the Knicks and the Nets, which just cracks me up because everyone thought he was a luck to go to either one of those places.
1: I mean, the Knicks, yes. I don't think there was ever really a whole... I mean, I guess like when they had Jay-Z as a part owner, but it's it had always been... Until he ended up finally going to Miami, it did. I re- remember their narratives very strongly about, oh, LeBron will be on the Knicks. And they ended up with the Mari Stoudemire. And Carmelo Anthony. eventually.
2: I mean, they, they ended up with a decent super team. It's just they couldn't close it out.
1: But now let's switch gears. Look at uh, another player who's done a lot of good things, and that, of course, is Nikola Jokic. She became the sixth player in NBA history to record 100 triple doubles. Other players to do so. To get 100 triple-doubles or more, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, and LeBron James. As you can notice by the other names around him, the only guy that's also a big, in quotes, is the fact that Magic and LeBron were both taller players. But Jokic, a league of his own in terms of the kind of player he is on the floor. Again, averaging crazy numbers, 24.6 points a game. 11.7 rebounds to go with 10 assists. So he's actually averaging a triple double this season. And his numbers are very similar to last season when he won his second of two uh, MVPs in a row 27 points, 14 boards, eight assists a game, eight rebounds, eight assists a game last season. So the rebounds down a little bit from that, but the assist numbers up to kind of, you know, even that out. Are we really going to see back to back to back MVPs for Jokic? Right.
2: Uh, we're absolutely not going back to see back to back-to-back-to-back. They're not going to give Jokic back-to-back-to-back to back to back. the same way they didn't give LeBron back-to-back. Back. I mean, it's the, the, there's there's a compelling argument that he is the best player in the NBA at this exact moment. Having said that, though, the fact that any of his numbers are slightly down while he is still having a near record setting season for a big man, they're going to hold that against because the expectation is an MVP just continues to grow and get better and get better. That's why you don't really see back-to-back to backs. Because h- how do you top what you did last year? How do you top what you did the year before that? It's I I don't think they're gonna give it to him for a third time in a row. It, he would have to have a monumental, like, game shattering stretch to close out the season for them to to give it to him for a third time in a row. It's a he'll be a candidate, he'll be a finalist. I just I don't see him getting the MVP.
1: Okay, so then don't ask he, me he,
2: who I think is gonna get I was it, gonna no, say because if
1: you don't see Jokic winning it, who do you see winning it?
2: I don't know. I mean I'll actually have to pull it up right now. As, as we're talking, because it, it, it's been one of those years, man, where it's, I mean, current odds right now, Gokic is, is number one, Embiid is number two, uh, Giannis is three, Luka is four, Jason Tatum, John Morant, LeBron James is probably of the conversation now, um, I'll be a little bit of a homer, I think if he goes on a tear at the end of the season, I think you could make an argument for Dominion Mitchell, as well. But I, I kind of view this as that they're going to try actively to not give it to Jokic once again because he'd be, what, only the second or third in the history of the NBA to win it three years in a row, if that. So you mean you mean to tell me he's in a pantheon of that level of elite? He's great. He is very much a talented player. I just I don't think the sports writers are going to let him have that opportunity. If you want my opinion, I think a much more likely candidate would be Embiid to actually win it or Luca. But I think Luca's chances took a bit of a hit because then them just trading for Kyrie Irving. So that makes it more, can he really do it on his own? Maybe the answer is no. But honestly, one of the names that really comes out to me is Jason Tatum. I don't think it's a lot, but I think he could be one of those dark horse candidates that if Boston makes a good run of it, I think he could be the alternative choice to Jokic and we'll see what happens from there. But if I had a vote, I'd give it to, I'd give it to Jokic. I would, but I don't have a vote and I don't think they're going to give him three in a row.
1: Last thing I have in the NBA realm, the Sacramento Kings, they're still third in the West, 36, 25. They're only a game and a half behind Memphis. I know we might've mentioned them last week when we talked, but do you believe there are any sort of a legit threat come postseason time? Because we've already talked about how deep the West is in general, but the Kings, the numbers say they're really good, but it's kind of the same similar thing with the Nuggets. It's like the Nuggets have had some good teams, but they've never really been able to get over the hump. Why would we now think the Kings are going to come in the same year we have the Grizzlies near the top, all these other teams near the top? Why would we think that now the Kings – are going to come away and be, you know, one of these top teams in the West come postseason time. Really
2: for me, it's because this Kings roster, the way you look at them, they're kind of an island of misfit toys. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, you have a very talented player who's just been completely underappreciated throughout his career, De'Aaron Fox, that him and Damian Lillard have very compelling arguments to be the most undervalued point guards in the NBA. A wide, wide margin. You have Sabonis out there, you have Malik Monk, you have Kevin Hunter, you have Harris Barnes, a guy who I love coming off the bench as a defensive player, but also as a solid perimeter guy in Dave Mitchell. And of course they got Delhi. That's all you need to know. Delhi is there. Oh, so of God. course they're gonna be good. But no, I, I think they could I think they could turn ahead or two. Do, do I think they have the potential to win the Western Conference? Unlikely. I I think it's very unlikely, but you look at this roster, Harrison Barnes was part of a Golden State run for several years. Delvadova was with Cleveland for all those years. Um, Alex Len, he's been on some halfway decent teams. Same thing with Huter, out of Atlanta, he's been on some competitive teams. They actually acceptably have some pretty experienced postseason players on this roster. It's just they haven't done it yet in Sacramento so I don't know I think they certainly could make a play of it I don't think they're going to again I don't think they're going to win the West by any stretch of the imagination but I I, I think the Kings may have finally figured things out out there and it's starting to look pretty good they're, they're actually starting to look like a pretty competitive team which I think is great for basketball I remember the Kings being good back in the day with guys like Chris Weber and Mike Bibby. So it's it's nice to see Sacramento getting back up to speed
1: again. The fact that you quoted Matthew Della Vadova as one of their important players tells me the Kings are not going to win anything.
2: You cannot tell me that Matthew Della Vadova is not a good defender. He got under the skin of players like Steph Curry in the postseason. He's done it many, many times. Do I think he is the absolute best player on the roster? You know, that's De'Aaron Fox, and it's not close. But this is a very talented playoff experience-filled team. Just happens to be the like third, second and third string guys that had that experience, but were all key contributors. I mean, Harrison Barnes was the starting small forward for Golden State, Iguadala came off the bench and then when Durant showed up, he was the power forward and they kicked Thompson the two. And it was still Harrison Barnes before he got traded at the three. He's been a starter in these types of situations before. So I don't know. Again, I, I think I think they may turn ahead or two. I don't think they're going to win at all by any means, but I wouldn't necessarily want to go against them. I think they're a very young, talented team, and this is kind of the start of them really putting it together.
1: Oh, yeah. John Morant's coming to town. Let's put Matthew Delavidova out there. Gonna get dunked on. Come on, get out of here. He's gonna
2: get dunked on, but John Morant's also not gonna be putting up a ton of threes in that game because Delhi's gonna keep that in check.
1: I think they'll live with that.
2: Once again, the, the, you're you're going after Delavidova in the wrong sense. You gotta think about Matthew Delavidova as you're gonna get 15 to 18 minutes of decent defense and someone who's just going to annoy the perimeter players. Not saying he's a world beater. I'm not saying that he's someone who's going to redefine the game of basketball by any stretch of the imagination. But he is going to aggravate some players, and he is going to do some good things. So I kind of stand by it. I, I think Del Dova brings some good opportunity and some good potential to this Sacramento Kings roster in the postseason.
1: I have a very elegant answer for you. Sure. No.
2: Eloquent in its brevity.
1: Running out of time here. Big thanks to Steve Suter, Roger Jury from Hopewell for joining us, along with Paul Dunn from Mohawk for joining us on the show tonight. Big thanks to them for taking the time to talk with us. A few other things, Matt, want to touch on in the world of sports before we wrap up. Aaron Rodgers, future up in the air, of course, could maybe stay in Green Bay, could request a trade, or could just retire. He could do Je- – I don't know if Jeopardy is still on the table. Who knows? Any inkling uh, from your perspective on what you think his future might hold?
2: I just hope it goes away. I'm done with the Aaron Rodgers drama. It's just uh, – announce what you're going to do and then just shut up. It's I'm so fed up with Aaron Rodgers. He, he somehow has taken Brett Farb's retirement drama <laughs> and has made it worse. Like, and I don't get, I thought having lived through that, he would have been a better adult and not done that sort of thing. But evidently here's where we stand. And if I were to guess, I think he's going to want to trade. I'm putting my money on either Las Vegas. um, I could potentially see San Francisco. And I know the jets get tossed around a lot. I do not see him going to the jets whatsoever. So I'm going to say he's either going to be a Las Vegas Raider or a San Francisco 49er, and good luck to both of those teams when you have to deal with the circus and isn't your managers.
1: The Seattle Seahawks could be looking for a quarterback high in the draft. It all depends on if they will be able to re-sign Geno Smith after his breakout season. Do you think we end up seeing Smith back with the Seahawks, or do we see maybe them take a quarterback high in the draft because of the hall they were able to get in the Russell Wilson trade.
2: Yeah, they, they may take a quarterback at number five, and I may switch to vegan and just tail for the rest of my life, too. But no, they're not going to take a quarterback at five. This is a smokescreen to try and get teams to move up as Anthony Richardson's stock is skyrocketing for reasons that make no sense to me whatsoever as a, as a draft pundit. Because um, you know Bryce Young... Will Levis and CJ Stroud are going to be the top three quarterbacks. Often. And there's a very distinct possibility they go one, three, and four. And it's a very likely possibility that they go either one, three, and four, two, three, and four, some, somewhere to that effect. If Chicago likes to keep their pick, trade their pick, whatever. But no, I think this is a smoke screen. I think Geno Smith goes back to Seattle. I think they're just trying to convince a team like Carolina or Atlanta or even Tampa Bay, who might be looking for a quarterback this offseason to try and pony up some draft picks and trade up with them.
1: Last thing I have, the Orioles and Pirates in spring training. They actually played a half inning yesterday without umpires. The Pirates were the home team. They had a 7-4 to lead, hence the game is over. The umpires did not want to stick around, so they played without any actual umpires. Of course, didn't have uh, any robo umps either. So the catcher Maverick Handley was tasked with calling balls and strikes for the bottom of the ninth. And granted, it's just a spring training game. It's all oh, all fun, interesting things. Because I mean, we saw the the rules ended up changing, ended up ending a game early on in spring training because of the pitch clock rules. But it it to me it just doesn't seem like a very good look for these umpires because a lot of people already kind of want a reason to get rid of actual umpires making decisions in baseball. And I'm sure this will probably just blow over because it's a spring training game, people forget. But it just it just didn't didn't pass the sniff test for me. It was the
2: best happening in baseball I've watched in a long, long time, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It was absolute gold. Um, no, I, I think it's a terrible look for the officials and the umpires. I think it's a terrible look for Major League Baseball that these umpires that historically have just, how do I say this politely? I don't have a polite way to say it. They look like idiots over the past few years. They've just been atrocious over the last few years. And I think it's a terrible look for them. I think it's a really bad look for Major League Baseball that you are able to successfully handle a happening in baseball without any officials and doing so respectfully. It's, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I hope it is the start of other things to come primarily that we're done dealing with officials and we get some other form of automation or something like that trying to handle this because make no mistake, officiating has been one of the worst things that's happened to baseball. Sense officiating was the worst thing
1: to happen at least That'll just about to do it for us tonight. Big thanks to Steve Suter, along with Roger Drury from Hopewell Loud for joining us, along with Paul Dunn from Mohawk for being a part of our show here tonight. Join us over the next few days for our coverage of high school basketball a little later on we'll have coverage on both of our stations on WFOB we'll have the Hopewell Loudon girls in the regional semifinals they'll be taking on Columbus Grove we'll also have coverage of the Liberty Benton boys basketball team in their district semifinals matchup with Spencerville Friday we'll have district finals matchup Hopewell Loudon against Mohawk Matt Common and I will have that one from Liberty Benton Friday night. That'll be on six, at 6 o'clock on both of our stations. And Saturday, we hope to have more coverage depending on how tonight goes for our local teams. Could have more action on Saturday, both in the afternoon and at night, depending on how the Hopewell girls and Liberty Benton boys perform here tonight. For my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off from the Frickers Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Tunnel. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.